This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from the Half Moon Resort right here in St. James Parish on the north coast of Jamaica. Uh, I've been making this point about almost all travel by Americans anywhere in the world, especially when it comes to visiting resort areas uh, or islands. 
uh, and we all love to go to the water, we all go, go to the beach, we love to hang out, we love to veg. But the real question is, how often do you leave the resort? How often do you actually get out and immerse yourself in the culture? And it's amazing what happens when you do, by the way, and I encourage that. And joining me now, somebody who can talk a lot about that, is the curator and manager of the Montego Bay Cultural Center, Valerie O'Brien. How are you, Valerie? I am fine. Good morning. And good morning. You heard my introduction. I mean, so many of my friends, I mean, I will, will come to a wonderful resort like this. You know, it's on 400 acres. There's everything to do here. It's self-contained, really. But at least this resort encourages people to get out and, 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 and get amongst everybody to understand the whole history of Jamaica and especially, of course, Montego Bay. Jamaica itself has a very rich history, especially from the time of the discovery by Columbus where we have recorded history of the Tainos, who were the early peoples from the late 15th century. And Jamaica has gone through a transition from the conquest of these early peoples. And by the way, you talked about the word conquest. Read a biography of Christopher Columbus. He's not my hero. This guy beat people up. He killed people. He, he basically eviscerated them. So when Christopher Columbus discovered you, you should hope that you survived him. May I correct you? Christopher Columbus did not discover Jamaica. Because but you said, you, said, were, you said discovered. No, yes, I you talked did. about conquistadors. And um, essentially, when he came here, the Tainos were already there. Right. So, in fact, they discovered the, the island. And looking back at the history of the Tainos... Um, but, you, but you don't disagree with me about his history. He was a bad guy. He was the first European to discover Right. The new world. Right, but, but right. And, and in the process of discovery, this guy, I, I encourage you, please read the biography. We celebrate his birthday every year. It bothers me, but go ahead. You are right, very right in that sense, yeah. because in fact, the advent of Christopher Columbus to the new world and to Jamaica was the cause of the decimation of the indigenous peoples. There we go. Because through disease, through overwork, through enslavement, and interestingly enough is that they spoke of them being depressed. An entire culture was destroyed Amazing. with the advent of the conquistadors. But part of what you do at the cultural center is to at least keep that spirit and that culture alive. Exactly that. Because I must talk about the center itself, the building, the edifice itself, because it is of historic import. That was a place where the slaves were paraded. That was and a sold, place. And sold. And sold. It was an auction block in front. That was the place where a national hero, Daddy Sam Sharp, who is our national hero, he was hanged right in the front cobblestone of that historic site. The slaves were sentenced in the assize court, which it was. This was built in 1810 after a vision to build it from 1805. So a number of things which are essential and crucial to our historical development is housed right there. And it's still there today. It is still there today. What is interesting, though, in terms of the, what we now call the Montego Bay Cultural Center is that that place, and it's a type of spiritual reparation, is now dedicated to the cultural de development of the descendants of slaves and also to the retention of our history and to the uh, augmenting of the skills and talents, creative, artistic, of the peoples of the community. And so much of, of island nations like Jamaica is storytelling. It's storytelling handed down, generation to generation. And that's part of what you're trying to preserve so that people can, can now learn the story and tell it to others. And we can also understand the sort of subliminal or subterranean sort of psychology of the people based on their history. And it is a point of strength that we can go to somewhere, take possession and ownership of it, a place that was a place of oppression. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. I 
I've been coming to Jamaica for, I, I hate to say this, but over 40 years. Um, it just makes me feel old. But hey, I'm happy to be coming here. Um, I'm always discovering something new every time I come. And the reason why I'm able to do that is because while going to resorts like Half Moon, which by the way is an amazing place on 400 acres, they have everything here. I mean, they have everything from equestrian, but we're not just talking just basic horse riding, we're talking horse riding in the water. I mean, right on the beach. Uh, and they got everything here. Great tennis, great cuisine, great golf. I'm not even a golfer, but I love driving the carts. Uh, but you really learn so much more. And by the way, this resort encourages this when you leave the resort to immerse yourself in the true Jamaican culture. And we're not just talking Bob Marley, okay? Uh, there are so many other things out there uh, that are music-related that actually predate Bob Marley. I'm not, I'm not minimalizing him. I'm just saying I'm adding to him. Uh, there are so many things to look about in terms of the food. Uh, very close to here is a place I like to live at, at least in the days when I used to eat meat, called Scotchies. Talk about a, big, a great jerk place. Uh, and how they how they cook it on the old on the old corrugated tin and and the kind of wood they use. Uh, it's smoky, but uh, isn't that why you're there? Um, and also outside of Montego Bay, outside of Kingston or Ocho Rios or Negril or Port Antonio, so many things to do that have nothing to do with what you traditionally might expect just to do in in Jamaica. And uh, joining us now is somebody who knows a little bit about that. She's uh, well. She's a legend here in, in, uh, in, in Jamaica. She's the, a lecturer in broadcast media, university at, uh, broadcast media at the University of the West Indies, Faye Ellington. Hello, Faye. Hi, Peter. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing just fine. You know, uh, I mean, there's just, I, I always encourage people to get out of the resorts, at least for a day or two, to see what there really is to see and, and uh, to find out that, you know, uh, everything from agriculture to music to cuisine to um, even even the whole concept of well-being and wellness and how the Jamaicans approach that, right? Indeed. As a matter of fact, you're coming to Jamaica at a very important time in Jamaica's life. We just started last night what is known as the period for the Emancipation and Independence Day celebrations. And today is Emancipation Day. We were once a colony, and uh, we got our emancipation or freedom uh, it started in 1834, and we became full free in 1838. So there are lots of activities, cultural activities happening today. We had the vigil that happened at last night, right through the night at Seville in St. Anne, and I see you know the island very well. We are having the Denby Agricultural and Industrial Show, which is over 50-odd years old, in the center of the island in Clarendon, and that but, is a three-day event. But you know what, Faye? In addition to just events, let's, let's go beyond the events because most of the people listening to the show right now are not in Jamaica. They're, they're, Indeed. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit more broader in terms of, of, of all year round and, and what's important to people in terms of knowing, for example, that there is music that preceded reggae. Oh, no, Lord, there's, yes. Uh, there's Mento. I, I've heard some of the, Mento. I mean, Mento the, music, indeed. Yeah. And the instruments there are basically the guitar, the banjo, the rumba box, and that provides the bass. You know, whereas you play a bass guitar, in the Mento you use the rumba box. And then we have the shaka shaka and the grater, what you use to grate things, which uh, so many people no, no longer use because there's a blender and the food processor. But that also became a musical instrument. And that music provided lots of uh, foundation for other kinds of our traditional music and dance. So Mento was used for in the maypole dancing, which came directly from being colonized from the Europeans. But Mento is also used on its own, and it, it is elegant. And the, the music is beautiful, but there's also the dancing that goes with it. So there was Mento, there was Ska, which was very, very fast in the 60s. And to slow it down a bit, we moved from Ska into Rocksteady, and then from Rocksteady came Reggae. Rock steady. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't heard the words rock steady in a long time. <laughs> but you know about it, though. I, of course. Of yes, course. But, and that rock steady is really fabulous. The era of the 60s into 70s, that's when we had ska and rock steady. So, yes, and in addition to that, we do have the Edna Manley College of the Visual and Performing Arts, the only one of its kind in the Caribbean, where in the English-speaking Caribbean, where we have four schools, the School of Dance, 
School of Music, School of Fine Arts, and the School of Drama. And that's been going on for quite a while. I was a foundation member at the School of Drama in the 1771. My memory fails me, you see. Anyway, so those schools have provided artists and artisans and performers. So you have, for example, in our schools throughout the island, many trained dancers or dramatists or directors. And so they're able to take their uh, skills and the experience that they've garnered at the college into the schools or into uh, community groups. And our uh, fifth formers in high school, which is, you know, we have seven years of high school, but the five years, first five are compulsory. We have the theater arts program, which is now a part, a subject that you take and you're assessed on the way you would English literature or physics or uh, geography. Isn't that fantastic? It's not bad. It's not bad. And the other thing is, you know, we talk about music and Bob Marley, and of course you can visit the Bob Marley Museum, but I'm still a fan of Jimmy Cliff. Now, Jimmy Cliff is one of my favorite. He is from Somerton in St. James, a very parish where you are at now. We have 14 parishes in Jamaica. So when you finish your program, if you have not yet been to Somerton, ask somebody to, you know, take you there. Jimmy Cliff was a foundation, you know, and he has done quite a bit on the continent of Africa. And in Brazil, he's done astounding work. And also in film, in The Harder They Come, he was the lead actor in that film written by Perry Hensel. So if you look back, if you get a chance and you go see The Harder They Come, or perhaps it's there on YouTube, you'll see Jimmy Cliff. And that was written about a true life folk hero called Reagan. And so Jimmy and his music. And he's done other things as well. As a matter of fact, he's got an honorary doctorate from the University of the West Indies, Mona, which is where I teach. So, but he uh-huh. has this solid foundation, and he has made such a contribution, and so well-respected. I agree. I agree. Plus, I can still sing this song. Faye Ellington from uh, the University of the West Indies and a legend here in Jamaica. If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. Now, speaking of learning more, my next guest is the she's a okay, TV producer, host, creator, all-around woman around town, <laughs> with a great first name, Empress. Thank you, Empress Golding. How are you, Peter? I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, I come to Jamaica all the time. Yes, I've been coming for years. Um, but tell me about your show. Wow, um, I think the best thing I've ever done so far uh, is to create a program where we could give young people a voice, um, stimulate conversations on the things that matter to them, the things that are important to them, on the things that they need. Kind of. And by the way, the name of the show is Talk Up Youth, and in youth we say that's a Jamaican vernacular. No, that's not Jamaican. Youth. That's my cousin Vinny. Yes, <laughs> his remember name? that movie? Yeah, you know, from, hey, um, no, two youths, yeah, two, two youths. <laughs> okay, remember that? Yes, I um. What's the Italian? Joe Pesci. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. But in youth, yeah. Y-U-T is usually how we would I spell know, it in Patois. But we changed it and said, you together. You know, young girls, young boys together. Y-O-U-T, that's the name of the program. So giving the youth a voice and helping them to find their solutions to their problems using mass media. Now, you heard my introduction about volunteers' opportunities throughout Jamaica. This is something that people can do with you, too, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, we the, it started as a television show, yeah. and we started to bring in young people and kind of expose the different issues young people were facing, whether it's discrimination because of ignorance. You know, we had people with albinism, lupus, um, HIV. We had young people who'd been sexually abused, all kind of issues. By the way, and, no monopoly in Jamaica. It's worldwide. It, exactly. But the thing is, how we address and how we deal with it has to, you have to focus on the local culture and, and dynamics of the people in fixing the issues. I don't think it's one way to fix a problem, you know. So uh, we expose the issues which people are afraid of. Nobody had ever done that before um, on television. They were so afraid to talk about these things. So what we did, we started to create a group of advocates for change, the young people that we engaged. Because it wasn't about their problem, it was the fact that they had overcome their issues. And they also had to communicate. 
and they had to communicate. And it's very hard for young people to find. They're ready to communicate, but it's, when, you get, when you get them in a space, it's hard to express and go through and deal with the issues, the pain, the trauma. And then using the inner and external mechanisms that they found to overcome, we use that as a therapy for the hundreds of thousands that are watching, the parents, the teachers. And so now we have young advocates. So people can come to Jamaica and meet some of these people and assist them on their journey to help other young people. And what better way to see the country than with a local? Oh, of course. Trust me, local tourism, like get out there in the bush, you know, climb those mountains and, you know, support the small businesses on the way. Because one of the... And by the way, when you get out to the mountains, we're talking about the Blue Mountains too. Yeah. I mean, if somebody tells you something's just around the corner, they're lying. <laughs> they're lying. Okay, I climbed all the way to the top. How long did that take? You don't want to know. I actually stopped for porridge along the way. Uh -huh. Porridge. I mean, porridge, you heard yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, it was a long hike, I'm telling you. But it's worth it. It is, it yeah. is. Round deso, over deso, and when you see the yellow tree, you go round deso, which means, yeah. Yeah, just around the corner. <laughs> around. Yeah, liar. <laughs> But people need to get out and see it. I, I believe so. We have so much to offer the world. And I think the exposure, the international exposure, when you go into the, these communities, it's good for the community. And, you know, if you see a place like a local, you really get to see it the way it's supposed to oh, be yeah. seen. Yeah. I remember years ago when the Ritz-Carlton used to be here before it became the Hyatt uh, Ziva, mm. um, they wanted to do a big dinner for me. And I said, no, I got a better idea. And everybody says, well, you're not coming to the dinner? I said, no, no, I'm coming to dinner, but I'm bringing dinner. Mm -hmm. They said, what, what do you mean you bring dinner? And I said, I need to borrow a car. I borrowed a car, mm -hmm. went with a friend of mine, I said, everybody stay here, don't eat. Mm -hmm. if, they, if they offer you food at the dining room, mm -hmm. don't do it. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to eat a little stuff. Okay. I got in the car. I called the head, Scotchies. Yes. Right? Went over to Scotchies. We came back with tinfoil plates. I mean, Jerk. Of, of, everything. Everything, right? <laughs> and, and there were only eight of us at our table. Uh -huh. The entire dining room shifted. Everybody else came over and ate of at ate at our table. The food tastes better yes. when you buy it. Local, my people, my people, my people. <laughs> Those taste better. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, the thing is, the mm -hmm. bottom line is, if you get a chance to do that, and someone who lives here yeah. and lives that life tells you about it, mm -hmm. then you got a shot. I oh, mean, and, yeah. then, and then you've made a new friend. Mm -hmm. You've immersed yourself in the culture. Mm -hmm. And nine and a half times out of ten, you're coming back. Exactly. And if people want to assist communities to grow, you know, we know that we have issues in our country. And sometimes people might have new ideas that they can offer a community in its development, offer a young child who might need assistance and scholarship. So if you feel like you want to come and experience a culture, I say get together with young people, yeah, because it's a global space now. Even like, you know, service tourism. We can all share ideas together to make the world better and that's really my whole mission we're talking with Empress Golding I got to ask you now as a local yes using Scotchies as a relatively well-known example now mm -hmm. where do you like to hang out because you're in Kingston yes I'm in Kingston so where do you hang out that is not in the brochure, that's not in the guidebook for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yeah. The, 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 the dives that you know. Well, the thing is, I cook, you know, so I like people to come and cook with me. You can go to Waves Beach, which is fun, out in Portmore. Uh, Waves Beach, you can have, like, your Jamaican fish, you know, your typical fried fish, your crab dishes, your conch soup, your fish tea. And Waves, it's in an intimate beach, and they have music playing. And then Cafe Africa, I have to bring that one up, because my husband and I started a new project, a social uh -oh. enterprise. Uh -oh. Yeah, trying to help people, kids who don't have a job. So it yeah. kind of spins off from the young people that I meet on the show. And then we bring them in when they don't have work to kind of expose them to our culture, which is really being Af of African descent. And we're the only African cafe in Jamaica. So there's a little bar on the corner. You can hang out. You eat with your hands. You know, <laughs> we take you on an African safari, know your roots kind of thing. And um, so that's fun. But I like to hit another spot called Nanook. It is where culture meets, I mean, there is where culture meets everything Rasta, everything Jamaica, historically, poetry, okay, Nanook, now, okay. it's really cool now, spot. Okay. Now, I got to ask you one question. <laughs> is there ever going to be a time where I can walk 10 feet without seeing a Bob Marley t-shirt? Ever? Uh, I don't know. I can't tell you if you because always... He, look, he, put, he put that kind of music mm -hmm. on the map. He, he put did. Right, but... There's something, there's another kind of music that predates that. Mento. Yes, ska. 
See, and Mental. people don't know it. Yeah, they don't. And that's something. Well, that's I mean, with all due, due respect to Marley, because yeah. you can visit his museum. Right. You know, I, I was with his with his widow. We were we were yes. singing. You know, it's, yes. it's very cool. But you got to be able to know that there's something that even predates that, which goes back to Africa. Yes, of course. And it's education, you know, because now you have popular music like dancehall, which is what the world loves right now. And now they're trying to change it and call it a different name in different countries. But the whole thing is that Jamaicans have to preserve their own culture and. And that is just a part of musical education. We can't, we can't lose it because you know, as our first national hero said, if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. You gotta know your roots. Yeah. Now People you also do a radio show too, right? Yes. Can Trying you? to be like big like you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Can we listen online too? Yes. Um, www.talkupute.com. As in to you. Yeah, 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 to yeah, you. Yeah. Y-O-U-T. It's basically, I developed another program from the TV program where young people could have a voice, where they can become advocates for youth, and they could talk about anything and everything they wanted without anybody muzzling them. So it's really their space and I appear, but I'm trying to allow young journalism students, young disc jocks to Come in and be together on a mission. Sure. To have a purpose, you know? And the thing is, look, if you're coming to Jamaica, whether it's Montego Bay, Ocho Rios, Negril, mm -hmm. out to Kingston, mm -hmm. you can listen to the show, you can yes. watch the show, but you can get involved. Yes. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go just been talking to Empress Golding about all the great work she's doing with the young people throughout Jamaica, and not only mention the children's home, which is just a, an amazing story in and of itself. We, we got a two for today. Now I get her husband, yeah. Stephen Golding, who just reminded me that I knew his parents. I know his parents, the former prime minister mm -hmm. and his wife, who was actually a star of one of my shows down here many, many years ago. But you're doing something also really quite interesting with the community here. Yes. Um continuing the legacy of our first national hero, the right excellent Marcus Mosiah Garvey, and his work to sort of uplift and See, improve what you need our is more, race. What you need is more Marcus Garvey t-shirts and less Bob Marley t-shirts. You know, Bob Marley became famous singing, well, after studying and reading Marcus Garvey. Of course. Putting a lot of Marcus Garvey's words into song. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. That was Marcus Garvey. Man to man is so unjust. Marcus Garvey. And, of course, the other big factor in Marley's life was His Majesty Emperor Haile Selassie I, whose words he put into song also. Of so course. We love Bob, man. We can't take anything away oh, from Oh, I know, Bob, I know, I know. He stood on the shoulder of giants, you know. <laughs> so tell me about your program. We have a number of programs here, Peter. I mean, where we... And how people who are visiting Jamaica can also get involved. Yes, yes. Of course, we're on social media and all of that. You're, we're in the month of August right now, which we renamed the month of Messiah, Marcus Garvey's middle name. One, because he was born on August 17th. Two, because he launched his organization... Um, in August and um, had his conventions in New York City in Harlem in August. So this is really a freedom month. It's a Pan-African month and um, we have a number of things going on this year. We're connecting with the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States of America. We have our annual Marcus Garvey Awards. But if it's not August, every other day we have programs going on for the young people. We have teachings in the prisons. Um, we've just launched a program with the Ministry of National Security to implement the teaching of Garveyism in the juvenile correctional institutions. And that's one of the things I'm very excited about. You know, it's, it's important to understand your heritage because if you don't understand it and learn it, you won't have it. A people without knowledge of their past history, origin, is like a tree without roots. Marcus Garvey said that's a dead tree. Indeed. So somebody visiting Jamaica for the first time, or even in my case for the 30th time, <laughs> I mean, how do I get involved? Um, you support, you know, we have our awards coming up. You can certainly support that way. I'm not talking about somebody writing a check. How do they get involved physically when they're here? We have divisions and branches in the different parishes. People are free to become members. Um, it is a racial organization, so membership requires you be of the race. But there are other ways to support. When we do our outreach programs, we bring in guest speakers. We bring in people who just want to contribute. We have a halfway home for young men, which we're always seeking donations, clothes, and so forth. So there are a number of ways. People should right. just check out our website, you and well, I. Well, me being a white guy, mm -hmm. right? How do are I you get, white, Peter? Really? Oh, up. my goodness. But, but, <laughs> I know. I, I, I pass, don't I? <laughs> but 
But you how, have a Jamaican passport now. Oh, yeah, out of many one please. people. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, how do I get involved other than writing a check? Can I go out to the meetings? Can I be involved? Yes. We have a public meeting every first Sunday that people come out to. And this one coming up in August 7th is where we're connecting with the Black Lives Matter movement. That's tomorrow. Right. Um, and the, unfortunately, they can't be here in person. They're going to be here in September, but they have done a, te a video message that's going to be played. You know, there was a rally in London. There was one in Joburg. And this is the first thing that's happening in Jamaica, connecting with that. So um, stuff like that is open to the public. Everybody can come support. And when you come there, um, there are members with their businesses, there are workshops for children, there are speakers, the mic is open for people to make their contributions. So, yeah, everybody is welcome to get involved. You know, it's interesting because when we talk about the, um, like, an example in the United States, the NAACP, mm -hmm. the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Yes, one of the rivals of the UNIA. Oh, wait. Uh -huh. But the UNIA uses the word Negro yeah. as opposed to black. Yeah. Tell me. You know, it's so funny because some people are so uncomfortable with that word in this time. But yet nobody points out the fact that the NAACP hasn't changed the C in their... Or the uh, P. <laughs> right? Um, but the reason Garvey used the word Negro, I think because of how astute his mind was legally. He wanted an organization um, as a confraternity for the race. Now, when you say black, black is a color. There are black people in this world who are not Negro. You know, if you take, for example, Indians in India and so forth, they're people darker than me. If you say African, you have white South Africans, you have Arab North Africans, you know, African is now defined as a nationality, black is a color. So if you, Garvey's exact words was that when you word, use the word Negro, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. And there's no room for confusion there in terms of who. So I think for that reason... So that's an N-word we can use. Yes, 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 yes. In fact, in 1920, um, at his convention, he made 54 declarations. And Declaration 11 said that we deprecate the use of the word nigger, but we ask that the word Negro be written with a capital N. And you know, the New York Times started doing that in 1930. And, they, and, and they've kept it. And they've kept it. You know, when, when you look up the word Negro in the dictionary now, it's written with a capital N, and all praises to Marcus Garvey for that. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. My next guest is truly a local. I've known her 15 years, probably, yeah. We, through a number of different projects we've done down here. I know her brother very well. He's got, a, he's got a great hotel on another side of the island exactly. called Jake's, but we'll get to that in a second. Talk about an idiosyncratic hotel. <laughs> um, but her name is Justine Henzel, and you are everywhere on this island, especially in terms of the culture, because you are very involved for how many years now with Calabash? Calabash, we just had our 13th staging. So Now, what do you mean? People don't know what that means, so tell me. All right, so Calabash was founded in 2001, and it is the oldest and largest literary festival in the English-speaking Caribbean. But it's not just it's music and storytelling, right? It is a weekend of everything that tells a story, as you said. So it is all music at night, readings in the day, because we believe that the best lyrics are also poets, right? So we celebrate the fact that reggae music has some of the best poets, but it's just set to music. Well, that's what it's always been. So give me an idea of who comes to this. We have literally thousands of people that come as our audience, and they come from all over the world. I mean, this year in June, we had a lady land at the Montego Bay Airport from Oslo, and she said she's coming to Calabash. And the immigration person said, well, do you know how to get there? She said, no. So the immigration person picked up the phone, called Jake's, and arrange for us to find a driver to get her there. And, you know, it, it was just brilliant that that's the kind of island, it was small enough well, that people but, know you know, how you know, to do this. Listen, here's the bottom line about Jamaica. Everybody knows somebody. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean, look, you and I had dinner last night, mm -hmm. right? 
And between the time we got to dinner and the time it was over, you realized that you bumped into like 95 people you knew. <laughs> None of whom knew that you were going to be there. Right. But you all knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. Right. Right? So anything could be done. It's, a, it's a sort of like an underground network. It's, it's a wonderful network. It really is. Um, because it enables you to make these connections, as you said. And the world runs on connections and relationships. And so with Calabash, we've been able to bring these incredible writers from all over the world who come and give their time and talent for free. And we've had Nobel laureates. No, no, nobody gets paid. Nobody gets paid. Wow. From the organizers to the Nobel laureates. No one gets paid at all. Everybody, it's a labor of love. But as love. much jerk chicken as they can eat. <laughs> lots of jerk chicken, lots of escovitch fish, lots of red stripe, lots of Appleton rum, lots of sunshine. By the way, if you go to a place called Scotchy's, I talked about it earlier in the show, be careful about how much hot sauce they put on this stuff because if, they, if you're not careful, you'll be drinking a lot of red stripe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the plan, actually. <laughs> but it tastes really good. It tastes really good. All right, so let's talk about food for a second because you are wired into that network as well. Mm -hmm. As a local, and we're in Montego Bay right now, where do you like to go that's not in the brochure, that's not in the guidebook, that is like such a cool place for you? Well, you've already mentioned Scotchies, okay? Yeah. But yesterday I actually came in and I went and had lunch at Pier One, which is a little restaurant that is out in the sea. It's right off the center of downtown Montego Bay. So you'd think it's full of hustle and bustle, but it's not at all. So you're sitting on this. Yeah, we don't want any of that hustle and bustle. <laughs> so you're sitting on a deck. And it's right, literally, in the sea. And, and, what did you, and, what, and what do you order? Fish. I had fish. I was sitting by the sea. What, I know. What kind of fish? I had escovitch fish and fried bami. Fried what? Bami. Explain. A, bami is cassava. So it's a cassava wafer. And the cassava is all ground up and then fried or steamed. And it's delicious. So you can have festival. You can have bami. Why don't you stop? Festival? <laughs> So festival is slightly sweet, and it's basically fried dough. And someone once said they don't understand how Jamaicans... I had some festival last night. There you go. How we can make flour and water fried taste so incredible. But, you know, it's the magic of Jamaica. Yes, if you eat enough of it, you'll be the size of Jamaica. <laughs> this is true. Your own, your own special festival. <laughs> All right, so that's where you went for lunch yesterday. It where is. do you go for dinner? I went to Sugar Mill right here on the golf course of Half Moon, and it was fantastic. I mean, the big water wheel just sets the stage for a romantic setting. And that water wheel has history. Absolutely. But this whole, I mean, anywhere that you land in Jamaica, there is a story to be told, right? So, you know, every water wheel, every bay, someone landed there, someone set out from there, someone dreamed a dream there. We had a great... You mentioned Jake's a little while ago. And well, let's talk about Jake's because I know your brother runs it, and we've actually filmed out there. It's, it's an amazing place in a very unusual location and unusual architecture. Absolutely. No, no two rooms are alike. None, exactly. And so this Calabash, Chris Abani, who is an incredible Nigerian poet, playwright, novelist, and Chris Abani was being interviewed at Calabash by Paul Holengraber of New York Public Library. And Chris said, you know, here we are. We're all living in Sally's imagination when we were at Jake's because my mother, Sally Hensel, designed every single room. And it really is sprung from her, her genius and her imagination. And no two rooms are the same. So the idea of a cookie-cutter room and you being lost at the hotel and walking into the wrong room, not going to happen at Jake's because you you'll always remember the room you're in. Absolutely, by that particular shell that's placed right there or that bottle or that painting that she found in some nook and cranny, yes. Your one hidden gem in Jamaica, the one hidden gem that mm. if somebody's coming to visit, you say, I have to take you there. Oh, my gosh, Peter, I don't know how to pick one. Pick two. <laughs> Where would I take? There is a, I love rivers. I love rivers. Um, and so I like going for, there's a waterfall in St. Thomas that is absolutely beautiful. And you have to drive and drive and drive and drive and get there. Um, so rivers and uh, river head, which is where the spring comes up. And there is one near Apple. Appleton Estate in St. Elizabeth, and it's just this beautiful pool of cool blue water surrounded by cane fields, and it's gorgeous. And now you've told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we have clearance, Clarence. 
Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now I radio clearance over. That's clearance over. Over. Roger. Huh? You know, I always like to say, if you want to know what's going on, ask a local. My next guest certainly qualifies. She's the lifestyle editor for the Jamaica Observer, Navia McDonald-White. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Pito. So I've been coming to Jamaica for, shall I say, 40 years since I was zero. No, well, anyway. Uh, and I've seen certain things that have changed, and I've seen certain things that haven't changed. Um, and it's still, a, you know, it's still a great destination. You know, you, you land at the airport, whether it's here or Kingston, and you, you, know, you fly in over the water, and it's just amazing, right? There's so many things to do. But my experience has always been, and you tell me if you think I'm, I'm, I'm off base here, that so many of my fellow travelers will come to a resort, even like this one, which is great, mm -hmm. right? And then they'll never leave the resort. They don't get out and see the real Jamaica. Well, some might argue that the resorts are so fantastic that there's no reason to leave. That said, I think every... I'm, I'm up for a balance. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as you said, and you're absolutely correct, I hope that the good taste of Restrat Bay has not changed. I hope the taste of a patty has not changed, and I know jerk continues to keep you coming. I used to go over to Scotch's and cook my own. And cook your own? Uh, they let me in the back with all the crazy, crazy tin corrugated thing, and oh yeah. Well, I'm very upset because all the years that I've been going, they've never allowed me to, but hey. Um, well, I, I, in, all, in the interest of full disclosure, when I did it, I was with PJ Patterson. Oh, well. Oh, and they let oh, him cook, oh, too, oh, okay? And he can't cook. Anyway, um, <laughs> most resorts... <laughs> no, but with enough hot sauce, anything's possible. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Most resorts want that balance today yeah. because the 40 years ago, I think um, people visited Jamaica primarily. Of course, I wasn't born yet, but, you know, people visited Jamaica primarily for sun, sand, and beach. The what you're finding today's traveler wants more. They want a taste of the island literally and figuratively speaking, in the same way that you went to Scotches, they want to experience the country. They've obviously, because of um, social media, they now have a better, I think, a, a faster appreciation of what's going on. Their friends will, you know, send them a text, send them an email, send them a WhatsApp. There's a, there's a visual component of what's happening in Jamaica. For example, when the President of the United States came to Jamaica, I mean, in, in 10 seconds, I mean, the lines, at Bob Marley Museum literally tripled. Why? Not only did he go there, started to sing, etc., etc. That's the experience he wants. Whether it's Prince Harry coming to Jamaica and wanting, you know, a fantasy race with our very own Usain Bolt, that's the experience that people Yeah, somebody want. cheated in that race. Oh, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Let's just say there was no, you know, the distance is not official and, the, you know, the speed is unofficial. So let's of course, that, of course. No, I, I agree. But, you know, when you want to immerse yourself, then the, then the question becomes, you say a taste. There's music. Absolutely. There's food. Absolutely. There's history. Absolutely. Right? Where do you go? We go, okay. No, one at a time. <laughs> where, where, where do you go for food? Let's just say that um, there you know are that so you start, many... You know that you start every sentence with, let's just say. Let's, you know that? Just, say. let's just say. Let's just say. That's not a bad name for a show, by the way. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, really. If I want, if I want a good jerk, yeah. obviously, I share your sentiments. It's definitely scotches. Right. Right. If I want a good oxtail with some rice and peas and plantain, it's called M10 in Kingston, which I know you've not yet visited, Peter. Hmm. Got one over you. I might surprise you. Go ahead. Okay. If I want an experience that's holistic, I believe in a dessert. I must have dessert. But if I what kind of what kind of dessert? Chocolate cake, of course. Sweet <laughs> yeah. potato okay, pudding and chocolate okay, cake. But, but excuse me for one second. It, when somebody says to me chocolate cake, yes. right? I don't necessarily think of Jamaica. No, you don't. But um, you know, there's we do good chocolates here. Okay. We do excellent. So chocolate where do you go here. for your chocolate cake? I get it. I get it made, and I sit at home and watch TV. And who and makes I it? Eat it. Friends. Oh, excuse me. Friends. Friends. <laughs> no, Let's got, just no, say we've got, friends. We've got wonderful, we've got wonderful um, caterers, yeah. bakers here in Jamaica that will rustle you up anything, right? So that's fine. If I, as I said, if I want a holistic experience with a little bit of twist, stush in the bush. Nice name, stush, posh, uh -huh. bush, yeah, got bush, it. yeah. So you've got two fantastic souls who create a fantastic experience in the bush. Seafood? If I want seafood, it's definitely Helsha. Or what's nice in Kingston now is that there's a little oasis 
smack in the middle of Kingston, just across the road from the Pegasus Hotel. Walking distance. I stayed at the Pegasus, sure. There you have it. So next time, just cross the road and go to a place called Sweetwood Jerk. Miss May and her team, Shakira, just just tell Shakira I sent you. She will she will <laughs> ensure me that she will set you up. She she'll give you she'll give you a beach experience right in the middle of Kingston. What's the biggest surprise when people come here for the first time that they're not expecting to see? I think for most people, and I put my lifestyle hat on here, um, the sophistication of our island I think continues to amaze, impress, surprise. Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. Maybe I saved the best for last because we've got the executive chef of Half Moon on now, Stephen Sova. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Now, with that accent, you're not Jamaican. <laughs> I am Jamaican now, now, but originally from England, yeah. Right. Known for its cuisine. Absolutely. The North as well, the mecca of the cuisine in the North. What, bangers <laughs> and mash? Don't you start with there me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, look, England's come a long way since the 60s and 70s when I first discovered that you had no cuisine. Exactly. But yeah. things are changing. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, your yes. whole background, you were in England, you were in the Bahamas, you were in Barbados, you were in Mauritius. Yeah, yeah I've traveled right? a lot, yeah. What did you bring to this resort? Um, I think a, a, a little bit of everything. I mean, Jamaica is, is a great melting pot of cuisines anyway with the, with the, um, the people here, you know, from all over, the, all over the world. And I think I brought a little bit from all the different places where I work too. So what did you put on the menu here? Well, let me back up. What did you find on the menu here when you got here? You said, what is that doing on the menu? Get it off. Um, I, I don't know if I actually remember anything particular like that, but the food, I think, was a little bit boring when I came here. Like what was, give me an idea of a typical meal. Just With steak, and, steak, and, yeah, steak and potatoes? Just, yeah, S simple things like that. Just very simple. No, no, no real creativity or imagination. Yeah. All right, so you also had to immerse yourself in the Jamaican culture to figure out what was going to work too. Right, but I've... I've lived in Jamaica for 21 years. I've been at Half Moon almost nine. So I was already here 12 and a half, 13 so years you had before your idea. I got So you here. had your ideas. Definitely, definitely. All right, so what made it onto the menu? Um, lots of very creative dishes, really. Um, in sea grape, sea grape dinner. Um, we, we, me and my uh, executive sous chef, Hans, who's Dutch, um, dabble a little bit in molecular cuisine. So a lot of unusual combinations, um, a lot of different things. Really. Give me an example. Examples now. Um, just, uh, uh, the, I mean, one of the most popular dishes now, a duo of fish with, uh, with a, um, a, a seafood, seafood sauce. And, uh, gosh, my mind's gone blank. It's okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll do it another way. What was the one thing you put on the menu that you thought everybody's going to love and nobody wanted it? And then what's the one thing that you thought, boy, no one's going to order this, and everybody wants it. Well, um, the, the, the last one first. Uh, we have a dish that's on the, um, on the bar snack menu that's been there since we first started doing bar snacks here, which is probably about five years ago now, called Irie Fries, which is French fries, jerk, bolognese sauce on top, sour cream, and, uh, and chopped scallions. And I can't take it off the menu. It sells like hotcakes. Wow. And there's no meat in it, right? Uh, bolognese, mince. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not very healthy. No kidding. But it's a good seller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you should say. Not healthy, but a great seller. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Well, what's the one thing that you thought, with all of your experience, people would really like to, to, to try and they just didn't buy it? I don't know if there's been a, a dish just like that. I think now at Sugar Mill, you know, we just reopened Sugar Mill. That's your premier restaurant. Right, yeah. our fine dining restaurant. And, um, you know, we... We're probably the only restaurant in Jamaica with foie gras on the menu. And I really thought that that would just sell like, like crazy, you know. I'll, I'll, it, I might it, have that tonight. It's, going, it's a great dish, really, really nice. It's going okay, but we thought it would do a lot better. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's got a bad name for itself these days. Again, it, not it, very healthy. It's not, well, not very healthy and not very politically correct. Correct, yes, yes. Yeah. Let's see, what a combination. Not very healthy, not politically <laughs> correct. I'll have two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now you understand my discipline as a... As a, as a uh, as a disciplined eater. Yeah. Um, 
when people come down here, what are they demanding in terms of their food? What do they want? You know, when we because they're on vacation. Yeah. Most people when they go on vacation, oh, all the rules are out the window. Then they'll order the fries. You know. Right. You think that, yeah. but a lot of people are still looking for healthy food. Um, I think you know more than anything else, people come to an island, they expect fish and seafood. So I think that's what. And you're locally sourcing that, of course. Most, most of it. Um, not a lot of seafood locally. You know, like shrimps are imported and and uh, crab and those kind of things, but. Uh, Good conch, very good lobster locally, and, um, and how do you prepare, most of the how fish. How do you prepare the lobster? Uh, most people want it simple grilled lobster. Yeah, that's that's. And that's local much. lobster. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's the most unusual fish item you've got on the menu? Unusual fish item. Um, maybe it's not unusual for us, but conch, conch salad, and only you know conch. Oh, Obviously, course, you're yeah. well travelled. Oh yeah. A lot of people are not not sure. And do you do your own jerk chicken here? Absolutely. Yeah. You do it? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. absolutely. Okay. With a corrugated steel? Uh, no, we don't, we don't do it <laughs> with that. But we're using uh, steel drums, uh, you know, old um, oil containers made into a barbecue, a barbecue grill. And that's how you do and it? And we're using uh, pimento wood, which is the, you know, the original way of, of uh, getting the smoke flavor into the... Like they do at Scotchies. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same kind of wood. Yeah, really, except... For the corrugated iron on top, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Very, yeah. Very Nothing with the corrugated metal, but you got everything else. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Steven Sober, the executive chef of Capital. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. One. Two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.